السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمد عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to another episode of our tafsir page by page and inshallah ta'ala today we are on page 59 of the Quran which is in the third juz Surah Ali Imran in the previous episode, we mentioned the verses that Allah Azza wa spoke about the importance of following the messengers of being true to the messages that they brought. And Allah Azza wa mentions, by example, Ibrahim alayhi salam and how people lay claim to him. But that claim isn't always true because Ibrahim alayhi salam didn't follow what they claim as being the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so the way of the prophets, all of them, and all of the messengers, alayhi salatu wasalam, was to worship Allah azza wa alone, and to do that which Allah azza wa commanded, and to stay away from that which Allah azza wa prohibited. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore calls upon the people of the past scriptures, the Jews and the Christians, to follow in the true footsteps of those messengers and prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In today's episode, uh, we begin with verse number 72. And that is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَقَالَ الطَّائِفَةٌ مِّنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ آمِنُوا بِالَّذِي أُنزِلَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَجَهَ النَّهَارِ وَكْفُرُوا آخِرَهُ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ Allah Azza wa Jalla says that some of the people of the book say at the beginning of the day believe in what has been revealed to these believers, the Muslims. Then at the end of the day reject it so that they too may turn back. In the previous episode, we mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, There is a group from amongst the people of the scriptures who would love that you be misguided, that you be led astray. And they would love, for example, that the Prophet ﷺ had accepted their way, or that in some way or form he had given them some type of validation, that yes, I've brought my religion, but your religion is still correct, or whatever it may be. They wanted him to be astray, and to his followers uh, to also be led astray. And Allah said in that verse, وَمَا يُضِلُّونَ إِلَّا أَنفُسَهُمْ وَمَا يَشْعُرُونَ But they only misguide themselves without realizing in this verse, verse number 72, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to us a way, a practical manifestation of that desire that they had. One of the ways that they decided that they would do this. Allah says, وَقَالَ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ A group from the people of the book said, آمِنُوا بِالَّذِي أُنزِلَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَجْهَ النَّهَارِ Believe at the beginning of the day in what has been revealed to these believers, meaning the Muslims. So essentially they will come in the morning and say, you know what, we actually accept Islam. We believe in this revelation. It sounds like it is the truth, the Quran. And so they will accept Islam outwardly, essentially a type of hypocrisy, where they're accepting Islam outwardly, but inwardly they don't believe. It's not a true Islam. It's not a true submission or acceptance of the religion. It is an outward manifestation like the munafiqeen would do. And then they said to one another, But then by the end of the day, disbelieve. Why would you do this? It is important for us to understand here that the Christians and the Jews 
were considered amongst the Arabs to be more knowledgeable concerning the message of the Prophet ﷺ because of the similarities between their beliefs and their religion and what the Prophet ﷺ is bringing. Remember that Arabia for the most part is a polytheistic uh, civilization or, or, or culture. It is a place where they practice idolatry and idol worship. They don't believe in revelation. They don't believe in prophets. They don't believe in messengers. They believe in their idols and that's about it. The Jews and the Christians, however, believe in revelation. They believe in prophets and messengers. And so there are similarities and overlaps between this religion of Islam and between what the Arabs were familiar with concerning the Jews and the Christians. So these groups from the people of the book who said, let us believe in the morning, disbelieve by the evening. The idea was that if we claim to believe in the morning, and then we spend that day pretending to be believers, saying that we believe, saying that we accept the Quran and what have you, then by the evening we reject and we say, actually, you know what, this doesn't make sense. People will look at us and see, these people know what they're talking about because they have scriptures, they already have the Torah and the Injil, the Torah and the Gospel. And if they turn around and say, you know what, actually this doesn't make sense, it's not really scripture, it's not really revelation, he's making mistakes, he's making contradictions, this, this religion is a fantasy, or whatever it may be, people are likely to take that and trust their statement more than the statement of others. This was the idea. And that's what Allah Azzawajal says at the end of this verse, وَكْفُرُوا آخِرَهُ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ Then disbelieve in that religion by the evening, so that others may too turn back. They will see this and they will say these people are experts in this type of issue. If they say that it is false after having followed it, accepted it, believed in it, and immersed themselves in it, then surely there is something false and something wrong with it. This was the mindset. And that is why Allah exposed them within the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse 73, he then continues and he says, وَلَا تُؤْمِنُوا إِلَّا لِمَنْ تَبِعَ دِينَكُمْ قُلْ إِنَّ الْهُدَى هُدَى اللَّهِ أَنْ يُؤْتَى أَحَدٌ مِثْلَ مَا أُوْتِيتُمْ قُلْ إِنَّ الْهُدَى هُدَى اللَّهِ أَنْ يُؤْتَى أَحَدٌ مِثْلَ مَا أُوْتِيتُمْ أَوْ يُحَاجُّوكُمْ عِنْدَ رَبِّكُمْ قُلْ إِنَّ الْفَضْلَ بِيَدِ اللَّهِ يُؤْتِيهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَاللَّهُ وَاسِعٌ عَلِيمٌ but do not sincerely believe in anyone unless he follows your own religion. This is essentially what they're saying as an extension of the previous verse. Believe in the morning, disbelieve in the evening, that others may turn back. And don't really believe in that religion unless it is your religion. This is essentially what they're saying with to one another. وَلَا تُؤْمِنُوا Don't truly believe in that religion. Just outwardly manifest this in terms of just showing people. Then disbelieve and stay true and sincere to your own beliefs. Essentially, a form of hypocrisy. قُلْ إِنَّ الْهُدَى هُدَى اللَّهِ Allah Azza wa Jal says, but rather say to them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and this is Allah Azza wa Jal exposing them, say to them, إِنَّ الْهُدَى هُدَى اللَّهِ True guidance is the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Guidance is what Allah Azza wa Jal gives. It's not about your claim, your religion. Your... None of these things are true guidance. True guidance is what settles in the heart that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that leads you to the true and complete worship of Allah Azza wa Jal alone. Say to them, true guidance is the guidance of Allah Azza wa Jal. They say, do not believe that anyone else could be given a revelation similar to that which you were given, or that they could use it to argue against you in your Lord's presence. They're essentially saying that they 
had this type of jealousy, envy of the Prophet ﷺ, this hatred of him, that he came with a message that superseded their messages, came with a religion that superseded their religions. They expected fully and believed that this Prophet would have come from them, from Bani Israel. And that is something which you find in the Sunnah of the Prophet in the books of Hadith, for example, in Sahih Bukhari, in the narration of Abdullah ibn Abbas عنهما, when he's narrating or relaying to us the incident of when Abu Sufyan, when he was still a disbeliever, was with a trade caravan in Byzantine Rome. And in Byzantium, when he was there, he was called by Hiraqal, the leader of the Romans. And he was presented before him and he had a discourse and a long conversation and back and forth and questions and answers and so on. And this is something which Hiraqal said to Abu Sufyan. He said that I knew that the time of a new prophet had come. This was the time that he was meant to emerge. I just never thought that he would have come from you. I never thought that he would have appeared amongst you. And so that is something which they acknowledged that they knew of. And so what prevented them from accepting this is their jealousy of the Prophet ﷺ, this hatred that they had, that he wasn't from amongst them, that he wouldn't be an extension of their own way, but rather he was from a nation and a group that were different to them, alien to them, meaning the Arabs. And this is, by the way, ironical because the Arabs amongst themselves had something very similar towards the Prophet ﷺ. As we know, even amongst Quraysh, the Quraysh didn't accept or one of the reasons that they rejected the Prophet ﷺ was because of their envy and arrogance towards him. That why was he chosen over us? And they're all Quraysh, they're all one family, they're all one tribe, one clan sometimes. They're all pretty much together. But why is he given more power over me? Why is his family honored, not mine? Why is his sub-tribe honored over mine? And so that is something which you see, which is a, 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 a common commonality between these two groups of people. قُلْ إِنَّ الْفَضْلَ بِيَدِ اللَّهِ يُؤْتِيهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ Say to them in response, all honor, all grace is in Allah's hands. He gives it to whomsoever He wills. And Allah is all-embracing, all-knowing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you don't choose. You don't choose where the message of Allah is placed. You don't have the right to say this person is deserving of prophethood and this person isn't. This person is worthy of receiving revelation and this person isn't. That is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone to decide. And Allah azza wa is the one who chooses what he does and when he does it and how he does it subhanahu wa ta'ala. What right do you have to come and say, no, the Prophet can only be from Bani Israel. The Prophet can only be from this tribe or this clan. And this is very similar to something which we already mentioned. And Allah azza wa is showing this in a number of ways in the Quran, this type of attitude, because this attitude is extremely dangerous. It causes and leads a person to rejecting the truth and turning away from Allah Azza wa Jal. Didn't we say towards the end of Surah Al-Baqarah in the story of David and Goliath, in the story of when the, the, the Prophet uh, appoints for his people a leader, Talut, and the people say, they turn around and this is Bani Israel, they say, how can you appoint him? When he's not the one of the most wealthy, the most powerful, the most influential amongst us, why did you make him king over us? Because again, it's that same thing of rivalry and so on. This is something which is a problem because it is a disease from the diseases of the heart. That a person, even amongst the Muslims, will say that I'm not going to follow what you're saying because you're not from my jama'ah, you're not from my group, you're not from my congregation, you're not from the sect that I'm from or from the, the imam or the sheikh that I follow. And so we reject the truth based upon these feeble alliances that aren't real or true because they're not based upon what is beloved or pleasing to Allah Azza wa Jalla and His Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
Allah says that Allah gives it to whomsoever He wills. Allah gives knowledge, guidance, messengership, prophethood, revelation to whomsoever He wills. The Quraysh had something similar when they said, as Allah mentioned uh, elsewhere in the Quran, وَقَالُوا لَوْ لَا نُزِّلَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ عَلَىٰ رَجُلٍ مِّنَ الْقَرْيَتَيْنِ عَظِيمٍ they said the disbelievers of, of, of Arabia, the, the Meccans, why wasn't this Quran revealed to one of the two leaders of the major tribes, meaning from Quraysh or from Thaqif, from the people of Taif? If Allah was surely going to make a messenger, he would have chosen someone like Abu Jahl, someone like the leader of Taif. These are the major leaders of our time. Why when Allah says in response, أَهُمْ يَقْسِمُونَ رَحْمَةَ Rabbik? Are they the ones to determine where the mercy of your Lord is placed? And Allah says elsewhere, Allah is more knowing, better knowing of where he should place his message. Allah knows where to give it to. And so the Prophet when he received revelation, when he was appointed as a messenger of Allah, it is because he was the best of creation. So what is more worthy, the best of people in terms of their nobility, their honor, their character, their devotion to Allah or choosing someone just because they happen to be related to someone from a certain tribe, born in a certain way, have certain wealth or possessions that they own. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to be mindful of this. Allah tells us to be extremely mindful of this. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is saying to them, you don't determine where Allah places His grace and His bounty, it is Allah Azza wa who does so. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives it to whomsoever He wills, as He mentions then in verse 74, And He singles out His mercy for whomsoever He wills. Indeed, he is, His grace is infinite. Allah Azza wa gives it to whomsoever He wills. And therefore, as part of our Iman, our belief in Allah Azza wa is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses His prophets and messengers, He does so because they are the best and most worthy of His creation to have that particular honor and accolade. And that is why what is mentioned as the narration of Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu's statement that when Allah azza wa jal created Adam and he had all of his progeny, Allah azza wa jal selected from them the best of his, of his progeny and his offspring to be His prophets and messengers. And the best from amongst them was the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And so Allah azza wa jal gives and specifies and singles out His mercy to whomsoever He wills. And that is no doubt an honor for them, but it is also something which shows our level of Iman. That you believe in someone, for example, us as Muslims, we believe in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and I'm not necessarily an Arab, I don't come from that part of the world, I don't speak that language as my mother tongue, I may not necessarily have the same skin color, same culture, same background, but I believe in him not because of any of those things. I believe in him because he leads me and calls me to the path of my Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the beauty of Islam. Allah Azza wa Jalla in the next verse, verse 75, he then says, وَمِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ مَنْ إِن تَأْمَنْهُ بِقِنْطَارِ يُؤَدِّهِ إِلَيْكَ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ إِن تَأْمَنْهُ بِدِينَارٍ لَا يُؤَدِّهِ إِلَيْكَ إِلَّا مَا دُمْتَ عَلَيْهِ قَائِمًا there are people of the book who, if you entrusted them with a heap of gold, they would give it back to you intact. But there are others from amongst them who, if you were to entrust them with a single dinar, they would not return it to you unless you kept standing over them, meaning pressuring them. Because they say we are under no obligation 
towards the Gentiles, they will tell a lie against Allah and they know that it is so. Allah Azza here tells us that the people of the Kitab, the people of the scripture of the book are not all one and the same. Amongst them there are people who are trustworthy, who are good, who are sincere, who seek the truth. And there are people from amongst them that are corrupt and they are evil. And Allah is telling us this because this is from the, the adl, the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah doesn't just cast out everyone or cast them with the same or paint them with the same brush or cast them out in the same way. There is a difference between the people. Some of them are closer to Islam. Some of them are further away. Some of them are more compassionate. Some of them are less compassionate. Some of them are trustworthy. Some of them are not. And so Allah says here that there are from amongst them those who if you were to give them a qintar, a qintar is like a mountain of gold, a heap of wealth. And you were to say to them, this is a trust, I need you to look after this, keep this safe for me. He would give it back to you intact, in return, in full, no problem. Because that is his personality, the people of integrity, people of trustworthiness. Allah tells us in the Quran that, the, that from amongst the Christians are those who are likely to be closer to you in terms of their love and compassion because of the way that they are. That doesn't mean that they're Muslims, doesn't mean that we, they, they don't have to accept Islam or whatever. Allah is just showing to us the reality of people in terms of their natures and in terms of their temperaments. But then likewise from the people of the Kitab, Allah says, are those who if you were to give them a single gold coin, let alone a mountain or a heap, a single gold coin, a dinar, they wouldn't return it to you, unless you were literally standing over them. Meaning every day you're there over them. I need it back, give it back, give it. And then eventually they just give it, up, give it back to you because of the pressure that you place on them. So therefore not people of integrity, not people of trustworthiness. And this is something which you saw in the time of the Prophet ﷺ because amongst the people of the scripture were those who accepted Islam when they saw the message come to them. People like, as we've mentioned before, the companion Abdullah ibn Salam radiallahu anhu. When he saw the signs of prophethood that were mentioned in their scriptures before, he saw the signs of prophethood being manifested in the Prophet ﷺ. From amongst them, for example, was that the Prophet ﷺ wouldn't eat from the wealth of sadaqah, of charity, but he would accept a gift. From them was the seal of prophethood that was between the shoulder blades of the Prophet ﷺ. These signs that he saw and the character that he saw, the Prophet ﷺ, the hadith of Abdullah ﷺ says, that the first time I laid eyes upon the Prophet ﷺ, I looked at his face and I said, this is not the face of a liar. This is a man of truth. This is a man who doesn't lie and deceive. And so people like that were sincere and they accepted Islam. But then you have others who when the Prophet ﷺ would say to them, don't you find this law of Allah in your own scripture? They would say no. And they would hide that particular verse with their hand or in some way, hoping that no one would notice. And then when the Prophet ﷺ or someone else would tell them to lift up their hands, they would find written there, the very law that the Prophet ﷺ was saying. People of integrity and trustworthiness, people who are less so. Those who are less so will say, Those who are less so, it is because they say, we have no obligation towards the Gentiles. The Gentiles are the people who are, they're non-believers. They're non, uh, people who are not from their religion. Those people, they will say, these people, we have no obligation towards them. It's fine to deceive them, to achieve our goals, to deceive them in order to 
do what we need. And that is one of the differences between the Muslim and those people. The Muslim is the one who is always a person of integrity. The means and the goal has to be have to be legislated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The means or the goal does not justify the means. We can't say that just because we want this goal and it's something which we need, we can go and do the haram in order to reach it and attain it. No, rather both have to be legislated by Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah Azza wa Jal says, and they openly lie against Allah knowing that they are doing so. They conceal, they change, they distort. And that is why Allah Azza wa Jal mentions concerning, for example, some of them, the people of the kitab, from amongst them are those people who have knowledge, but they don't follow that knowledge. They know the truth, but they conceal the truth. They know the truth and they distort and change the truth. And those are the people that Allah Azza wa is angry with. His wrath is upon them because they know what they should be doing. They have guidance before them, but they actively choose to ignore it and to follow other than it. In verse 76, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, بَلَا مَنْ أَوْفَى بِعَهْدِهِ وَاتَّقَى فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُتَّقِينَ Allah Azza wa Jal says, No indeed, Allah loves those who keep their pledges and are mindful of Him. Allah Azza wa Jal loves those who when you make a pledge with them, when you entrust them with something, when you make a contract with them, they fulfill that pledge and they fulfill that trust. And that is because if a person is fulfilling their trust in terms of their transactions, in terms of their dealings with others, then they are more likely to fulfill their bargain and their, and their pledge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa Jalla took a pledge from us that we will worship Him alone. Someone who is mindful of the way that they deal with money and the way that they deal with trusts amongst people is more likely, therefore, to be mindful of the way that they deal with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. If someone is truthful and honest in their dealings with people, then they are less likely to lie when it comes to the creator of those people. And so Allah Azza wa Jalla says that those people who are who are good in terms of their dealings, they keep their pledges. And that is why the Prophet وسلم, as we know, Allah Azza wa Jalla in the Quran, when he describes from the attributes of the believers, he says, From amongst the attributes are those who fulfill their pledges and their covenants, their trusts. That is from the greatest attributes of the believers. And the Prophet وسلم, told us that from the signs of the hypocrites is that when they make a promise, they break it. When they're entrusted with something, they deceive. That is from the greatest of the signs of, hypo- of hypocrisy. And so that is something which therefore the Muslims should be far away from. I made an agreement with you, or you made an agreement with someone else, you should fulfill that agreement that you made to the best of your ability. To the extent that the Prophet ﷺ, even when he made pledges with non-Muslims at his time, he fulfilled all that pledge. He fulfilled that covenant. Even amongst his enemies, when the Prophet ﷺ signed the Treaty of Hudaybiyah with the Quraysh, who are his enemies, these are the people that are trying to kill him and destroy him and his religion and his followers and the city of Medina, the Prophet ﷺ upheld the covenant that they made with him. He upheld the pledge that they made to him. And the terms of each of the pledges, uh, the points of the pledge and the treaty, he upheld ﷺ. And that is how the believer is. Allah Azza wa says in the first verse in Surah Al-Ma'idah, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, awfu bil'uqood. O you who believe, fulfill your covenants, your pledges, your oaths and your trusts. Allah loves those people who do so. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُتَّقِينَ Because those are the people that are mindful of Allah and Allah loves such people, he says. Because you do so knowing that Allah is watching. Allah knows how honest you are. 
And therefore, as a Muslim, every contract that you enter into, a marriage contract, a business contract, a contract in terms of the pledges that you make, the promises that you make that are verbal, not necessarily written down, but the agreements that you enter into, the believer is the one who tries to their utmost to fulfill those uh, those pledges. And that is one of the positives that the Arabs had. One of the positives that the Quraysh had, despite their many issues, but one of the positives in their character and in their culture was they were people who upheld their pledges and oaths. They considered it to be extremely, uh, extremely uh, bad or shameful that a man doesn't hold up his word. He says one thing and then he breaks his word another day. That would be considered to be one of the most shameful things that the Arabs could think of. It was considered to be embarrassing, unmanly, un- unworthy of a person that they would behave in such a way. So your word is your bond and your word and your pledge that you give is something which should be upheld. And that is why Allah Azza wa then says in verse number 77 concerning those people who don't uphold those pledges and those covenants that they make and especially the covenant that they made to worship Allah Azza wa alone. He says, but those who sell out Allah's covenant and their own oaths for a small price will have no share in the life to come. Allah will neither speak to them nor look at them on the day of judgment. He will not cleanse them of their sins and an agonizing torment awaits them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those, therefore those people who don't fulfill those covenants and the greatest of those covenants, as we said, is the covenant that we made to worship Allah Azza wa alone. Those people who break those covenants, Allah Azza wa says that they will have no portion of the hereafter. They have no place in the hereafter. Allah will not look at them. Allah will not speak to them. Allah will not purify them meaning that they will be completely ignored. And that again shows to you the importance of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, upholding the covenants that we have made to Allah azza wa in terms of following his legislation, and following his obligations, but also in terms of the covenants that we make with one another, the agreements that we make and that we enter into fully and willingly and knowingly. That is something which the Muslims should do in terms of upholding those covenants. It's not befitting, unfortunately, in the time that we live in, that Muslims often have a reputation of being people who cheat, people who deceive, people who say one thing and then do the opposite, people who have a lack of integrity and honesty and truthfulness amongst them. That is not the way that the Muslim should be in terms of their dealings. And Allah Azza wa Jal, in the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Azza wa Jal loves those people who uphold their trusts. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala or rather the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that Allah honored some of those people. And we have examples of the Sunnah, like the one, the man who had a worker, and then the worker was due the wage, but he left without taking his money. So rather than forgetting about that contract, the one who owes the money, the, the essentially the person who employed him, the employer, he invests that money. And he invests that wealth until it becomes a great amount. And then after a number of years, when that man, the employee, comes back looking for his payment, he says, all of this belongs to you. Not only did he uphold his covenant, he did it in the best of ways. And because of that, Allah Azza wa Jal showed him mercy and showed him some relief. So with that, we come to the end of today's episode. And inshallah ta'ala, I will see you again in the forthcoming episode. Barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.